bears and rabbits and raccoons. Oh my! Today we're talking about what's new in 2015 on Writers Get Animated. Good day and welcome to Writers Get Animated. I'm Chris Leva. And I'm Mackenzie Worrell. And on today's podcast, we are talking about 2015 animated TV shows. The things Woo. that have come out in the past 11 months previous to this. And what we've gotten to watch and what we've gotten to enjoy. Our definition of new is very loose with the past 11 months. It's still new. Some, some people may not have watched some of these shows. I know that there, a lot of them are new to me. A lot of them are new to me, too. There's a huge list of these 2015 shows, some from around the world. Uh, there's a great crazy list, podcasts, um, not podcasts, on Wikipedia, <laughs> where you could take a look at all the animated television shows that came out in 2015. And this was basically my reference article for this show's research. Not that we use Wikipedia for all of our research. It's not factual. No. Usually, <laughs> children doing research, and I, I include college students in this as children doing research, okay. please use Wikipedia as a jumping off point. Scroll all the way to the bottom where they have the references to the real places to get the information and use those. What you listeners are missing right now is that Chris is delivering very elegant hand gestures illustrating his point about where to scroll on the page as he's talking about it. Pro tip. <laughs> um, so let's get started. What was on your radar already for this year of new shows, Chris? Really the only thing that I was paying any attention to for 2015 beyond season two of Star Wars Rebels oh, so good. was Guardians of the Galaxy, the yes. TV show. Agreed. That was really the biggest thing that jumped out at me. I had seen some previews for some other things that were coming out, and none of them really struck me. But when I saw that Guardians of the Galaxy was coming out on Disney XD, I was super excited to catch it. Um, and I was, that was what I was most excited and looking out for. Mm -hmm. But what about for you? What, what did you hear about, know about? Um, Guardians was also on my radar for sure. It was something I wanted to check out. Um, I'm not a... Uh, here's the blasphemy. I'm not a huge Marvel Cinematic Universe fan. I've seen about 50% of the movies. I did see Guardians. I really enjoyed it. It was kind of my style. Cartoon plus Guardians equals something I should love. Cool. I also had um, Wabbit on my radar, which is the new Looney Tunes cartoon show. Uh, and I had no idea that thing was out there. Yeah, it's, it's, I, I had no idea that was let loose into the universe. With my radar, it was on there, and then it happened and I didn't know about it so I kind of went back and was oh Wabbit's had 15 episodes already okay I should check this out um, and as a little bit aware I have a bunch of friends who've liked We Bear Bears so I've kind of known about that a little bit um, but mostly after it came out not before it was coming out yeah, I had heard I saw a preview for um, Star vs. the Forces of Evil um, when it came out and I think I was I was forced to watch a preview to get to an episode of Rebels. <laughs> I think that's that's what happened. Oh darn! Yeah, it's like ah, come on, just play Rebels already. Um, something like that, where where that came through. And being somebody who is subscribed to Netflix and whose son watches a lot of Netflix shows, um, like uh, shows that are on Netflix, like Doc McStuffins and 
And that's a Disney Is that junior where Doc show. McStuffins is? Well, no, she's a, she's a Disney junior show. What's oh, a she? Yeah. I'm learning a lot about Doc McStuffins today. She... I, I can't go into it. Okay. She's, but Separate episode. She, that's a different episode. We can talk. I could bring him on and he could have a conversation about it, maybe. Oh, oh my God. I um, love that. <laughs> but um, looking through and wa- going through Netflix, we're always these new things that get suggested on the kids thing. All these things like dino trucks and puffin rock, um, a new Care Bears thing, Inspector Gadget, the Popples, Mr. Peabody and Sherman. So I knew some of these were happening because they were in my face as I was scrolling through to either get to Thomas or Doc McStuffins. <laughs> and that's about it. That's about all we use Netflix for. And uh, now Care Bears. Okay. Jack loves Care Bears. Oh. He loves Grumpy Bear. I don't remember enough of Care Bears. He's the bear that's grumpy. Oh, oh, whoa. Typically. Okay, spoilers. I did not need to know that. I'm sorry. Okay. I'm sorry. Um, so since I guess we're both looking forward to Guardians of the Galaxy, let's start with that. What are your takeaways, having seen the first chunk of that? Okay. So the, they start off Guardians of the Galaxy with a two-parter. And what's interesting about it is there, it's a huge takeaway from the film. So they take the world that they created for the Marvel Cinematic Universe and put it in animated form, but not really being part of the canon. Yeah, which is confusing to me because since it's Disney owned, we have Guardians of the Galaxy plus a cartoon show continuing it and then a Guardians of the Galaxy 2 movie coming that won't have anything to do with the cartoon show which is the opposite of what disney is doing with star wars where it's giving us brand new characters brand new stories linking the prequel trilogy and the original trilogy as we're leading up to the force awakens and that's all canon and may not necessarily be referenced but is definitely part of star wars so what i'm figuring out is it feels more like what they did with the real ghostbusters in the 80s which is, hey, kids shouldn't have watched this movie, but they probably did. Let's make a cartoon <laughs> show about it. <laughs> and then, you know, use the characters, the design in a lot of ways. Um, design not just of costumes, but of the characters themselves, of mm-hmm. character personality. Let's use that to craft this show for kids and have it do absolutely nothing at all when they do a sequel. Because yeah. Ghostbusters 2 had nothing to do with anything that happened with the real Ghostbusters mm. series. That's a good analogy. So Guardians of the Galaxy, the cartoon series, is now very much in the realm of the real Ghostbusters. It's like that, where it's sort of it's on its own thing. So if you kids watched Guardians of the Galaxy, which... It was PG thirteen. Being a parent, I'm, uh, as as a kid, I really would have probably would have watched it at four or five. But I don't think, I think True Lies was it. my first movie. How old were you? I don't know, five, six. You saw True Lies in theaters on vacation. Dear, oh. I think there's a hurricane in North Carolina. So I went to the movies one night. Oh God, it was good. I enjoyed it. A lot of it stuck with me. How could it not at five? It was true <laughs> lies. I also saw Speed in theaters. 
And I saw Alien before I was too old enough to remember seeing Alien. Oh my gosh, this is hurting. I'm I'm having like parental issues right now. I, I wouldn't have had these parental issues because I've watched some really terrible things when I was a kid growing up that I never should have probably watched. <laughs> I saw Revenge of the Nerds when I was under age 10. <laughs> so, I and Police Academy. I lived, I grew, I grew up on, um, I almost said growed up. I grew up on Police Academy, um, but which had its own animated series. Yes. Which did not continue with any of the sequels. So, Guardians of the Galaxy, the animated series, is a lot like real Ghostbusters and the Police Academy. And if we're throwing it in there, series. Godzilla, the animated series. You're right. Which the Brian Cranston movie did not reference, and I was very disappointed. But they also had the Godzilla from the Matthew Broderick version of Godzilla. Yes. So, twice they made animated Godzillas, ignoring the actual movie Godzillas that had been created. Oh my gosh, they do this a lot. Yeah. Why were we surprised that Disney did it? Is it just because of their use of Star Wars? I think well, I think in this day and, and age, Marvel. if we're calling it the golden age of television, which I've heard tossed around a lot. and Is it really? Uh, I mean, there's a lot of big budget TV and big movie stars are going to TV now. And we're That's seeing true. that even in animated shows. Before, you were a voice actor and maybe you made money off of that. And now... Voice actors who've been around for forever, anything, anybody from The Simpsons true, makes a ton of money off that. And people will go to voice acting to do voice acting. And it's a big deal when you get a big guest star for voice acting. I remember, I think the only episode I've seen of My Little Pony, colon, Friendship is Magic. Um, <laughs> I said to put colon in there. Uh, was when they had, oh, I forget the actor's name, but he's the voice of, or he's, he was Q on... Star, um, Star, Star Trek, Trek The Next Generation. Mm -hmm. And then he's the villain in an episode, basically playing a chimera dragon version of Q to the My Little Pony world. And that's the only thing I've seen because it was just a big deal that he was the guest, he star. Was a guest star. I'll watch an episode of a cartoon show for someone I care about being in it. So for me, I think with that, I expect more out of cartoon shows now than I used to. I don't expect... The world to go back to normal after every 90s slash 80s ninja turtles episode i expect there to be a little bit of continuity uh, we have big cartoons that do this well avatar the legend of airbender mm -hmm. legend of airbender wow i just conflated both series into one <laughs> the last airbender and the legend of korra Ooh, i lost points for that one um so for me i guess it's the guardians show feels a little bit and we're referencing all these old cartoon shows, it feels like it's a bit dated of a concept for having a cartoon show as just a movie spinoff that then doesn't affect the rest of the franchise. You would think that it, it should have that kind of greater ramifications for its universe, yeah. so to speak. Is that too much to ask for cartoons to be important? Well, I think in, in the realm, they're letting it be its own thing because even Avengers, Avengers Assemble, Mm -hmm. When they had that, while not a direct spinoff and not referencing anything that happened in the <laughs> movies at all, they're letting their the TV have its own universe in mm -hmm. that sense. But it does seem completely separate from what Marvel was doing cinematically to have these things have their own world. Um, but it's what, something DC has always done. So I think, I think the fact that it was Marvel doing it 
yeah. again. Because everything else is related in the Marvel Universe. All the TV... I mean, I guess not the cartoons. Not the cartoons. Uh, the car- I okay. guess I guess there is precedent for this. It did feel to me also like they... The, the, of the two-parter that I watched, like it's recycling a lot of the movie script. It was a lot of the lines again and again. I think Rocket Raccoon said, oh, yeah, at least two times in what I saw. That's true. In the first two episodes, <clears throat> he did say that. It's kind of like trying to Star Wars itself already. Like, I have a bad feeling about this. You don't put that twice in one episode. You have it like once every few episodes. And, and then it becomes a thing. Yeah. You got I don't need, oh, yeah. It's not even that iconic of a line. But it's something that kids do. It's something that they everyone knows. I yeah. guess when... There weren't a lot of catchphrases in Guardians of the Galaxy that kids could latch on to, especially for characters like Rocket Raccoon. They're not going to make reference to Jackson Pollock. Hopefully. Let's hope not. Knock on podcasting table. Oh, although the one thing I do like about Guardians, <laughs> yes. to end on a note of things I love, um, Cosmo the Space Dog. Cosmo is a remarkable character. And he is a character in the comics, and he was very briefly in the movie as a cameo in, like, the collector's room. Um, one of his containers had Cosmo the Space Dog. He he was absolutely hilarious, and I think if they use him well, he could, be, he could steal the show. The fact that Cosmo, he outshone Rocket Raccoon in those he episodes. He did. I was more interested in him. I would rather have a Cosmo the Space Dog cartoon that intertwines the Guardians, and then you just have Cosmo occasionally in the background of the Guardians movies. That's like a Rose, for me. Like a Rosencrantz and Guildenstern kind of thing. <gasps> and he, I was just, trying to think of a good pun. I, I gasped before I had a pun. <laughs> you can't, you can't <laughs> gasp like that and not have something to follow. I, I pre-gasped. <laughs> um... Okay. What about Wabbit? Yes, let's, thank let's, you. Let's move to other franchises. Let's talk about Wabbit. So Looney Tunes <sighs> characters returning to TV. A lot of characters are returning to TV now, which is great. I mm-hmm. love Looney Tunes characters. But talk about Wabbit. What did you know about Wabbit before it started airing? I knew that it was more Looney Tunes. And I knew that it was trying to be a little bit of a modernization and I kind of like the aesthetic they were going for and what I saw. Like, I love, um, in terms of the Looney Tunes canon and what we have, like, just the, 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 I think the opening sequence is zany. And I think that the, like, title card, the, um, the courier font or Times New Roman, whatever it is, sorry, font nerds, um, of just Wabbit period, I think that sums it up. It's the exact same title card, really, as the Muppets. True. Which isn't animated right now. They haven't been animated since Muppet Babies, I don't believe. In my head, they're all animated. I know. It's okay. Anyway, so Wabbit has that nice period title. I really liked it. I liked the concept of it. And then I watched a few episodes, and I think it kind of stayed under my radar a little bit for a reason almost. Um, My biggest question, my biggest takeaway, having not seen all the episodes... But it seems like there's no continuity is who is Squeaks the Squirrel and why do I care and why is he Bugs Bunny's roommate? <laughs> Bugs Bunny need, needed a roommate, I guess. I, uh, uh, does he? Well, what is Bugs Bunny out there fighting now? 
like Bugs Bunny as a character mm-hmm. was always traveling, mm-hmm. was always getting put, taking wrong turns at a certain hometown of mine. And he would just end up in these situations and things would happen to him and he would then get revenge on whoever attacked him. But he would never make the first fight. Mm-hmm. Chuck Jones has a lot of conversations about the rules of Bugs Bunny, where Ooh. where Bugs Bunny never starts the fight. He always says, this means wah, but he never is the person to throw the first punch. I think on what your face, you seem so surprised about something. I've never noticed that, and I love it. <laughs> it's just this shock of... It's like the end of the sixth sense is happening in your brain all of a sudden, oh, like that. Bugs Bunny wise. <laughs> Not that Bugs Bunny was in the sixth sense. He could have been. Blinking, you missed it. I see animated people. <laughs> Doc. <laughs> <laughs> now, the thing about Wabbit, and the one thing that I noticed in the couple that I watched is I don't know if they follow that rule with Bugs Bunny. I don't think they do. Um, I, th- I did see one where there was like a pop-up gym in the woods. Yes. Did you see that one? Yes, I did. I, I'm having trouble remembering. I feel like Bugs starts that. Bugs uh, does start that. He does, because he, he thinks that the, the trainer's full of himself, mm-hmm. which he is, and they prove it. Bugs just decides to mess with him. Right. That's what sits weird with that episode about me. Now that you've pointed it out, that's what I don't like. Bugs Bunny never starts it. He always finishes it brilliantly. Mm-hmm. But he he never goes after somebody just to go after somebody. And I think that's where I had um, issues with Wabbit. Um, I like... I like the design of it. The The design reminds me a lot of what Disney's trying to do mm-hmm. with Mickey Mouse uh, for the past couple of years. Absolutely. With their design by um, Paul Rudish. I believe that's how you pronounce it. I could be completely wrong. I'm, I apologize, Paul. You've done great work with Mickey. My son loves the cartoons and so do I. <laughs> Mickey and his goldfish gobbles. But... So Mickey also has a new sidekick. It's not a sidekick. It's oh, a fish okay. that he has every now and again when Pluto's not around. Sometimes there's Pluto and sometimes there's Gubbles. Maybe they're the same person. Gubbles is Pluto. I mean, if we're going to put... Maybe there is no pet. If we're putting Superman in every episode, maybe Pluto and Gubbles are like Clark Kent and Superman. It could be that Gubbles is never in the same episode as Pluto. There's something there. But there's something about these classic characters getting these new design... Mm-hmm. And not just the new design, but also a new pacing. Because yeah. the pacing of the new Mickey Mouse cartoons and the pacing of the of, of Wabbit is completely different from the old pacing. Yeah. I feel like the old Looney Tunes were frenetic, but not nearly as frenetic as Wabbit. The storytelling is much faster in Wabbit. Which I think generally works for it. Um, when I'm laughing at Wabbit, it's one joke after another and it kind of builds and it has that same looney tunes self-referential humor where it goes back and plays on one joke we watched um uh, i forget the name of the episode uh but it was the uh, the apple store parody when yosemite sam cracks his phone and has to get a new phone and then bugs decides to disguise as in disguise himself as an apple store employee a knockoff apple store employee 
um, and show them features on the phone. And it just keeps going back to these like features that couldn't possibly exist, like a security feature that calls lions to attack you or something. I don't know how the security feature works, um, but it kept calling back to that. And I loved it. It just it had a very classic feel to it. And there was no squeaks to squirrel in it. Which is true. It was just Bugs versus Yosemite Sam, mm-hmm. which I feel like he started that fight too. I feel like Bugs started that just to be... Uh... Uh, a little bit. I mean, Yosemite Sam did try to run him over with his car and then blame him for breaking his phone. Yeah, true. Otherwise, he would have been left alone. So he kind of egged him on, I guess. In a way. Yeah. I still feel like, as much as I wanted Yosemite Sam to get his comeuppance, I feel like like he could have gone a little further. I think that's what it is. I don't I don't feel like Bugs is as cool as a cucumber in Wabbit. So the stakes aren't high enough to justify Bugs' actions? Almost. Hmm. Almost. I feel like wise words. I feel like Bugs is just so quickly aggravated and called into action. Like like Bugs takes a lot of beating before he will go out and actually do something like he he needs to see bigger injustice before he goes after it yeah he has no side story i think and some of the, like the classic looney tunes episodes um bugs is trying to do one thing that has nothing to do with the villain in that short and the villain keeps interrupting it mm-hmm. and in these episodes he has no side story he just has to go straight to messing with the bad guy right hmm. okay chew on that not literally. Is that how you chew? I have a breathing problem. Okay. <laughs> you do have a deviated septum, don't you? I do. I used to. Mine's fixed. I know. I'm working on it. Uh, a little runny. Don't little runny. rub it in. Let's talk about the things that surprised <laughs> us. Because what are the things that you are going to keep watching? Um, out of anything that you anything that you saw an experience out of these new shows because we have guardians we have wabbit we also have star versus the forces of evil came out mm-hmm. we bear bears came out um and mr peabody and sherman i know i watched a handful of others that haven't stuck with me what what's sticking with you is has anything that you watch this year gonna stick with you Ooh, honestly new this year in 2015 nothing is grabbing to the point that i'm going to keep watching regularly and intentionally i'm open to seeing more of some episodes i would watch more of wabbit i would watch more of we bear bears um but nothing's grabbed me like uh last last year um rebels grabbed me bojack horseman not for kids emphasis on not for kids bojack horseman on netflix grabbed me and grabbed me hard i think that just gets better the second season this year is really good um, and I think Gravity Falls was new in 2014 also. And that I love. I've just recently started. I've started from the beginning. And I'm watching it all. And it wasn't even in relation to this podcast. Like, I just want to watch Gravity Falls. So for me, nothing. But I'm open to more. I've hoped for Wabbit and We Bear Bears. And I know you liked We Bear Bears more than I did. I did. Um, I just watched a couple episodes tonight with my son. Oh. Oh, We Bear Bears. Burrito. No, I did not. I could not watch that again. 
that in the, a good way. The burrito episode I watched three times the other day, um, and I cried after each one. The the manipulative emotional turn that they take at the end of that episode it just is too much internet these are real tears it we are seeing right much. now the burrito <laughs> it is too too much <laughs> i think being a being a father has ruined my emotions because i know that chris from 5 years ago probably would not have cried he would have been like ah oh, that's dramaturgically interesting. <laughs> and he might have scratched his chin and said, ah, I see what they did there. That's clever. That's clever. This one, he saw it and he saw that baby bear grab onto that man's arm and just like snuggle in. And he saw a child in need who was afraid and frail and just needed somebody to protect him. <laughs> and that little... That little image of that tiny little bear and a child. I think maybe not being a father has ruined me in the opposite way. I just didn't have enough sympathy. I'm just ruined. I watched a couple other episodes on top of that also. Um, I I saw Chloe and Ice Bear. I, I did watch that one as well, Chloe and Ice Bear. That one was a little frustrating to me. Yeah. Um, it felt like... For me, the episode's about um, Chloe's hanging out with Ice Bear and just wants him to have a good day. And Ice Bear is traditionally like this stoic, Ice Bear wants this, Ice Bear has a good time, and just says what he what he feels and what he wants. And then the whole episode is about Chloe trying to make him have fun. And just it's It's like too much of her trying to make him have fun before she finds a way for him to have fun. It was like too much. Well, she doesn't change any tactics ever. Yeah. I feel like if it was an episode of Sesame Street, we would have gotten three minutes in and she would have been able to change tactics and realize that he was feeling. But it wasn't it wasn't the same as what they do with the kids show where we're trying to learn something. So she didn't have a realization mm-hmm. of anything. And even when she did have a realization, it was much too late in the episode, much like it was too late for them when the museum was closing to go see this alligator. Mm-hmm. Um, it was there, it just, her character, the, her learning just took so long Yeah, that, that episode frustrated me. A lot of those episodes I feel have that pace of humor for me. It starts strong and strong has a lot of heart and boy, do I love heart. The pet shop. Did you watch the pet shop? I didn't watch pet of shop. Bear Bears? I did not. I'll have to go back and see that one. Watch that one. Um, it has the same issues though, I think. Okay. Where it's the same learning style, but it, it's better. It is okay. better. There's a lot of heart in that one. I did not cry at the end of it. I think Food Truck was my favorite episode, and partly just for they the premise of it is so ridiculous, and they take a second to explain the premise, and it cracked me up. Did you watch Food Truck? I have not watched Food Truck yet. I think it's a brilliant joke. They decide that all the Food Truck food is dumb, and they're going to open their own food truck of California-shaped calzones. And they do, but they can't get any humans to have it. And there's a sign that says, don't feed the animals. And a raccoon comes over and is like, I want one. And the raccoon gives them money, because of course. And it kind of makes sense in the world of the show, since we have bears who talk and no one, no humans seem to care that they're wandering around San Francisco. But the other animals don't talk and don't have this um, 
individualism. And they take the money from the raccoon and then more animals come with money for these calzones. And at one point, Grizzly just says, boy, where do they get their money? And then there's like a 10 second cutaway. It's a montage of how animals get money. And it is, I won't spoil it, but it's, I think the funniest joke I've seen in 2015 animated shows so far. Putting that on the table, Gauntlet Throne. Well, I'll have to go watch that. But I do want to go watch um, Star vs. the Forces of Evil more. Oh, yes. This was interesting. That that epi- Those episodes of Star vs. the Forces of Evil, we have Princess Star Butterfly, who is... In th- she's entrusted with a magic wand, mm-hmm. which she is terrible at using. She's mm-hmm. awful at magic. And she gets... Um, sent to Earth to practice her magic in where she, in a world that she... It's okay for her to destroy Earth. So she doesn't <laughs> destroy her own world. She gets to destroy ours. And she has interdimensional scissors, much like his dark materials, the subtle knife. Mm-hmm. But you can snip through and get to different dim- dimensions and hang out with her friend Marco. Mm-hmm. Um, which her friend Marco is one you of the whole him. reasons why I love Marco. And the reason I love Marco Diaz, a couple reasons. One, he's Latino. Mm-hmm. Um, he has a Latino father who's a little bit of a little bit of a stereotype, mm-hmm. but it's fun because I know those people, so it's okay. <laughs> um, and a white mother, which is interesting. But the best part about it is they just give it to you and say, here we go. This is the world. This is it. And they don't question it. And mm-hmm. the nice thing about Marco being a Latino is he doesn't say a word of Spanish. He doesn't do anything or say anything. He even says cactuses instead of cacti, <laughs> which I think I, I have more issues with that than, than the stereo. <laughs> Dramaturgically, this wouldn't work. Yeah. Uh, I, I believe that a Latino would know that it's cacti. <laughs> I feel like he would know. In your heart. In my heart of hearts. In your Latino heart of hearts. But I, I, I feel like it, it's something that you don't normally see on TV. is a Latino character that's just Latino. Mm-hmm. And that's all there is about. Definitely. You, know, you don't have, he doesn't have an accent. He doesn't have um, anything that says, screams Latino about him. It's just, he's Marco Diaz and he likes crossing the street, you know, and being safe. He's a green belt with stripes in karate. <laughs> and he he's just a fun kid. And um, my, my wife asked, you know, is she didn't realize he was Latino until we watched an episode with his parents. And she's like, oh, my gosh, I had no idea. But I think that's part of it. It's just so normalized. Yeah. And as a kid, all I had was Speedy Gonzalez, really, as oh, far as Latino Speedy. characters. I love Speedy. Who's not in Wabbit? He should be in Wabbit, shouldn't he? Oh my god, I would love that. I would love a a complex, emotionally deep episode of Wabbit centered on Speedy Gonzalez and how to modernize him and just Bugs trying to tone him down or something. Um, But on the opposite end, speaking of Speedy Gonzalez, on the opposite end of on the opposite end of uh, Marco's characterization in Star vs. the Force of Evil, we have Princess Ponyhead. That's true, Princess Ponyhead. Who is like a a sassy black girl stereotype um, disguised as a ponyhead. And it's like she's okay because she's a ponyhead. Here's what made her better for me. Okay, shoot. This is the only thing that made it better for me. 
is to find out that she's voiced by the actress who plays the sister of John Ralphio on Parks and Recreation. So I think that the possible understanding of her as a character, which feels like a sassy black trope, Mm -hmm. is because we're not seeing a person, because we're not seeing race, we're seeing a pony, Mm -hmm. we're putting a lot of that on there. On the pony. Maybe on the pony, right. Who's actually a unicorn. That's true. A unicorn. Another dramaturgical problem. Sorry. But... I feel, and she's just a head, which just makes it strange. Yeah. But there, there, I think if it were, um, if we saw that it was a, a white blonde princess with speaking like that, I think it'd be one thing, but seeing the pony head removing any race from there or hu- human features there, <laughs> I don't, it, it threw me until I knew who was doing the voice and that okay. made it slightly better. I still have problems with the characterization. I do. I still have problems with the characterization. I do. I believe you. But okay, it's still. But it's better. If I imagine her, I close my eyes. I'm doing it now. I'm closing my eyes and I'm imagining her in the recording studio recording that voice, and I'm going, okay. Now I see Ponyhead. I see that in the recording studio. It's going to be okay. I don't feel racial undertones. I am not offended by it. Can you make this a, a new uh, meditation podcast you can listen to? I don't feel racial undertones. I am not offended by I, this. I was, it, it threw me, the, the, her first scenes really threw me because of the voice. Yeah. It really did. But. I agree. Anyway, we are moving forward, plowing ahead. Um, our last topic on our slate today is Netflix, and their whole slew of animated shows are coming out with, Netflix. most of which are not out yet. That's true. Netflix is getting, um, they're just ramping up. They're thir- they have a partnership with DreamWorks that has been throwing out a lot of new things. Um, they're doing their dino trucks. They have Puff and Rock. They have... Um, they just started their remakes with, again, Popples, which I have not watched yet. Inspector Gadget, which is a sequel. Like, it's a continuation of Inspector Gadget. My face of shock is happening right now. So I look forward to watching more of Inspector Gadget. I, okay. I saw the first episode, and it feels weird, but I think it was a, a timing kind of thing and trying to get back in that the new world, but continuing the old world. It threw me off. Um, Mr. Peabody and Sherman, which... <clears throat> the narrative is just not there. I, I hate to talk about things that I hate. Me too. Whenever possible. Um, I found, and I feel like there's a need here. I, I found, for me personally, very little redeeming about Mr. Peabody and Sherman Show. I have a hard time with talk shows in general. Yeah. Like, I hate talk shows. I do not watch talk shows. Why is it a talk show? Yeah, I hate talk shows. Why? They have in in the in Mr. Peabody and Sherman. They have a. The conceit is they're doing a talk show, in their apartment, mm-hmm. and somewhere in this thread is a small little narrative of them traveling through time, 
which is more interesting than the talk show. Mm -hmm. But we have this whole thing that has to be a talk show. I love time travel shows. Just do the time travel show. Cut out the talk show. Yeah. Make it like a kid's Doctor Who. It's like they which wanted... Which is Doctor Who. <laughs> Debatably. Um, I know. It, it, yeah. Doctor yeah. Who is not for children. Too scary for children. I, I found that out on <laughs> Sunday. Oh. Poor Jack. Yeah. Uh, my, my son very rarely closes his eyes when the TV's on and he turned away. Scarred for life. He is. Oh. Now I need to watch the episode to find out why. Um... <laughs> Having grown up on some Rocky and Bullwinkle, um, with Mr. Peabody and Sherman there, it was still like a running thread of time travel they'd cut to maybe throughout that episode, but there's other characters doing other stuff. And it's like they wanted to keep that cutting away for the time travel narrative, but then use the same characters, and they had to figure out a way to do that. And so they came up with this weird talk show narrative. And we there's really three things happening. There's the talk show happening with their different guests from history and its zaniness and those are like one-offs then there's the running narrative of their long time travel story and then there's uh, like 15 people who live in their apartment who keep coming in and it's their apartment drama and i uh, i kept finding myself hitting the up button on my apple tv remote to see how much time was left in this episode i did not want to finish it mm. It, I, I feel like it could just be the narrative. I, we need, we don't need the enclosing, 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 the enclosing thing of the talk show. We don't need it. Um, I, I love great narrative and great story, and they're fun characters. But it just, the whole talk show thing pulls me out of it so far that I don't care. I don't care about any narrative or anything because it's just. I just hate talk shows. I hate talk shows. <laughs> so um, that is what's new in fall of 2015. Not just fall of 2015. All of 2015. And it's homework time, everybody. Next week, in honor of Star Wars Episode Seven: The Force Awakens, we are talking about Star Wars in its animated incarnations and how it expands the universe. So, a um, couple episodes to watch if you want to keep up with us. We have um, Star Wars The Clone Wars, Season 3, Episode 12, Night Sisters. Uh, same series, Clone Wars, Season 3, Episode 15, Mortis. And if you want some extra credit for your homework time, dig way back deep and watch Star Wars Droids, Episode 1 from the 80s. Also, that episode is not Mortis, it's Overlords. Oh. I'm sorry. Thank you for the correction. Overlords. Overlords. You can catch us on Twitter, WG Animated, on Tumblr, writersgetanimated.tumblr.com, and find us on Facebook as well. Um, thank you to our engineer, Nigel Cotino, and thank you for um, the music to Jacob Reed. I think that's all that we have today. Yeah, it certainly is. And that's the end of that chapter. Good night, everybody. <laughs>